Well, it's noon here in Ventnor City, New Jersey, and our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., and this is news that you can use for the next to last Thursday in February, February 22nd, from Car Edge with your host, me, the head of Team Shevska, Ray, and, well, part of Team Shevska, Zach. How are you today, handsome? Happy Thursday, everyone. I'm doing great, Pops. Today's show... Brought to you by CarEdge.com. Look at our new homepage, man. Wow. Skip the dealership, buy with CarEdge, get that Mazda CX-50 delivered. What if I hit this one? Ooh, get a RAV4, $1,000 below invoice. What if I hit this one? Get that Chevy Trax. That payment wow. can be down under three. Yeah, it looks really good, doesn't it? Kudos to the team, CarEdge.com. That's our company. Today's show brought to you by our team, our company. Looks really good. Kudos to them. It what does. I wanted to talk about today, Pops. Yes. Car dealers that refuse to lower their prices and why right now that's a huge mistake. Absolutely huge mistake. I have some interesting data I'll share with you on the used car market, but let's start on new cars. The typical approach has always been, you know, list your cars at a competitive price, get the customers in. And unfortunately, in a lot of instances, add add-ons and things along those lines. But Dad, right now, we still see dealers refusing to go to where they need to go to sell these pieces of metal. The OEMs are starting to pick up incentives. We've been tracking that for a while now. But the reason I think it's a huge mistake right now for the dealers not to be more aggressive is because every sign that we look at, for example, the quarterly earnings that keep coming out, every sign we look at, it suggests that things are not going to get better. They're going to get worse. The data I'll show you on the used car side really starts to hammer that home. But I wanted to throw it over to you. Like, what do you think? Why aren't car dealerships being more aggressive right now when there's such a lack of uh, demand and such an increase of supply? Because they think they still have the leverage and and they they really enjoyed uh, the good times of 21, 22, 23 when they could just, well, rip people off and, and charge additional dealer markups. And, and, well, they hate to have to give that up. Um, but you know, there's that famous quote, pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. Um, the piggish dealers, they're going to get they're they'll, they'll be fine. The, the yeah. hogs, the hoggish dealers, well, they're going to end up getting slaughtered because at a certain point they will have pissed off enough of their customer base that they will lose some of those customers. And those customers will go elsewhere where the pricing and the discounts are more realistic with what the market conditions are, in my, in my opinion. I do think you're right. There's a, a little bit of a hangover going on right now, which is we used to make, I mean, look, we saw it with the big publics. I could pull that data up on the screen. We used to make $5,000 on every new car we sold. Well, now we're only making $3,500. We can't go back you know, below that. I'll pull that data up in a second. So I do agree with you. I think there's a bit of a hangover that's really stopping some of these dealerships from being more aggressive because in reality, they need to be more aggressive, man. Everything we look at, especially with interest rates as high as they are, every, everything we look at suggests there's no, there's no end in sight for some of the pain that the industry is going to feel. Like This is not just the first quarter of 2024 thing. This is going to be for the foreseeable future. I, I, I'll make it easy for you. Every one of these is just a piece of metal. And unless it is some type of specialized numbered collector's edition, it's just a piece of metal. Sell it. You can get it replaced, especially now. Inventory levels, new car inventory levels, are up to the highest point they've been in 30 months. 2.61 million 
new cars available this month yeah. from the manufacturers, whether they're on dealer lots, and in many cases they already are, or they're incoming. It's just metal. Take whatever profit you can get on that piece of metal, replace it with another piece of metal, and 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 keep going down the line till you've run out of metal. And I can assure you, regardless of how aggressive you get, you're never going to run out of metal. <laughs> Let me show you this, Dad. So I compiled. This is for all the major publicly traded car dealership groups out there. Their quarterly gross profit per unit for new vehicles. This is new vehicles on the screen from 2018 to the most recent quarter, which was Q4 of 2023. Look at the yeah. trends you see here, Dad. So let's just focus on AutoNation for a moment. So let's, I hope, I hope those of you at home don't get upset with me. I'm going to hide these really quick. Let's just focus on AutoNation. The okay. average gross profit per unit over at AutoNation, I linked all of the various reports, okay? So if people are interested, I can literally put this data in your hands. Look at what they made back in 2014, or 2018, excuse me, Q4. $1,738 per new vehicle sold. Why are car dealers refusing to lower their prices? Because they experienced what it was like to make $6,450 per vehicle <laughs> sold and $5,633. But look, the most recent quarter, it's down to 3,653. We'll look at the others in a moment here, but I mean, I think that is the hangover effect that you're talking about. And whoever decides to go the lowest to move the metal is going to get more, which creates opportunities to sell the FNI products and the whole nine yards. But I think that data is just fascinating because it demonstrates how crazy high profits went and why there's a hesitancy to want to go back to how things were before. Yeah, because before, and you've heard me talk about this, before new car gross profits per new car vehicle sold at most dealerships averaged somewhere between $200 to $300 per car sold. New car gross profit from what the dealer paid for it to what they sold it for, the gross profit was two to $300. The additional money that they made came from what happened in the finance and insurance office, in the business office. When the, when the finance manager signed up the customer for the car loan, sold them protection packages, dent and ding repair, tire yeah. and wheel, extended warranty. And that's what allowed the dealerships to be making $1,750 total. Well, it went absolutely nuts. Okay. And, and for it to have gone from $1,700, $1,750 to, to $6,450, dealers don't want to give that up, okay? Yeah. There were immense profits that they made during the height of the pandemic, 2021, 2022, 2023. They hate having to give that up. They 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 wish that world could continue forever. And it would if new car inventory levels were still at the 885,000 new vehicles that were available in August of 2020. Um, yeah. But there are 2.61 million now, and that's the dilemma. And they're still building more. Sales yeah, I mean, everything we hear. building more. So 
everything we hear from our community is uh, that inventory levels continue to rise. It's not like February has been this like banner sales month for the industry. Far from it. We might see fleet sales up again, but I think even that well is running dry to a certain extent. Let's look at some of the other automakers that I I unhid them here on the screen. It's like AutoNation was insane. They went from $1,750 to $6,450 at the peak, back down to $3,653. Look at Penske, for example. They were making over $3,000 copy back in 2018, got all the way up to $6,700 in 2022. They're still making $5,500 on a new car that sold. They don't want to go back to $3,000. No, I, a copy lithia look at lithia man they went from 2000 to 6000 i mean these numbers are just kind of mind-boggling and put in perspective how how berserk things got in this industry and why there is that hangover hangover effect and the dealers who have that hangover dad are gonna be the same dealers who are probably getting consolidated and bought up later on this year when they run out of money because their floor plan interest payments every month are ruining their cash flow just they're just a piece of metal sell it <laughs> move on in life I, that's the whole reason you exist as a dealership is to sell the products that you have so you can create new potential customers for your parts and service departments that's that's the reason you exist you're not there to try and turn them into collector's items and you're not there to become the collector of those collector's <laughs> items. Okay. There's no future in that. The future for you is to get back to the past in the sense that they're just metal. Take whatever profit you can get and move on because 100%. I guarantee you the manufacturer will replenish what you sell and and the allocation won't be one to one. It might be one and a half to one. At a certain point, it might grow to two to three to one because they're still building these damn vehicles and they yeah. need you to take them. So don't be fooled. I mean, it's the car business. Sell the damn car. <laughs> All right. Now, I want to put you on the spot, Dad. Let's talk about used cars for a minute here. Before we go to the super interesting data that already starting to talk about and demonstrate what's going on this tax season, I want to show you the same data from those car oh, wait, dealers. Wait, but from- before, you, before you show me that, I remembered what it was that was going to be staggeringly interesting yesterday. And, and I remembered after the show. But what it was, okay, is that tax refunds much like last year, are going to be smaller than what they had been in prior years. So every dealer out there expecting, every every used car dealer out there that handles $15,000 and below used cars and expecting to have a banner tax season, very well might be somewhat disappointed again this year because refunds won't be as large as they were last year. Yep. Now I have, you can talk um, about whatever you want, because I finally remembered what it was yesterday. <laughs> glad you remembered, and I have some data that backs that up that we're going to look at here in just a moment. I'm really grateful that your memory's still there, Pops. Look at the, the gross profit per unit on used cars, Dad. It's like night and day. So the volatility oh, that we... What was that, Dad? 
you know, that's uh, people think if, if I may, for just one sec, people think that when a new car dealer sells a new car, they're making 10 to $15,000 profit on every new car they're selling. They're not. People think that every time a dealer sells a used car, they're making five to $6,000 per used car. They're not. And you actually have the receipts to prove that they're not. And it's not that they're not making money when they sell cars. They are. We looked at the new car data. Like, let's flip back over to that for a quick second. Let's just focus on AutoNation and let's look at 2021, Q4 2021. Was the high watermark for them in terms of used car gross profit $2,000? That was the same quarter that they made (laughs) $6,450 on the new cars. But the reason I bring this up, that is, yeah, to demonstrate, and wow, look at Lithia. Lithia makes an arm and a leg more than their competitors on used cars. Maybe this is some market intelligence for those of you out there thinking about buying a used car. I'm not saying you should avoid Lithia or not, just the data is, is interesting. It shows you who makes more on used cars. That the used car volatility is less, so maybe a little bit less of a hangover on the used car market. I think that would be rational to think. And then to your point, right now, this is the latest data from Cox Automotive. Tax refund season is process is seven processing days behind last year. 51% less has been dispersed compared to last year, and the average refund is down 13% so far. So this chart got all sorts of whiz-bang things on it, but there's the headline. less dollars have been dispersed this year compared to last. And we're down 13% in terms of refund amount. That is, that is, yeah. And it's taking longer to get it. That's what's going to impact tax season right now or spring selling season in the used car market. Because I actually, I got to tell you, man, I was looking at the latest black book numbers. It's not like we're seeing this wholesale appreciation of used car values. Quite frankly, we're actually seeing from the Cox Automotive data continued declines in used vehicle values at the wholesale auctions and in the retail markets, which is starting to make it look like things might not pop like they typically do during the spring selling season. They probably still will a little bit, but this headline, this data is really what's going to be driving that. If this said 51% more has been dispersed compared to last year, and the average refund is up 13%, used car prices would be up more. But there is a real softening expected as a result of less tax refund dollars getting into consumers' hands. And I think that's another reason why it's a huge mistake for dealers to not be more aggressive on used car pricing. So we understand the reason why they're not being aggressive on new car pricing, the hangover. But what's the rationale to not be more aggressive on used cars when you know, you can see it in the data, this tax season is not going to be as fruitful as it has has been in years past. And the only rationale that I can provide on the used car side of things is because there is still a shortage of quality, young, uh, low mileage pre-owned cars. And that shortage is going to continue for the next few years. Uh, And that's all attributable to the vehicles that were scheduled to have been produced, the new vehicles that were scheduled to have been produced during the pandemic that were not. And, and so those were lost sale opportunities, and, and those were lost trade-in opportunities. So that would be, in my mind, the, the rationale for most dealers as to why they're not going to give away their used cars just yet, because they really have a tough time replacing them. There, there is no issue with replacing the new cars right now, like there was 30 months ago. So there is no excuse on the, on the new car side. There is still 
somewhat of a used car shortage on the used car side. And that, that I believe is the reason why we haven't seen prices drop as much as they should. There is pops, but you know, inventory is actually up 23% year over year. Sales are also up uh, 10% year over year and days supply is at 26.7 days on the used car side, which is down from where it has been at the beginning of this year, but it's still up 10% year over year. So the, the, the used car market's still in like a volatile state, but it is mm. more stable than it has been in years past. And I'm fairly certain that this this spring selling season isn't going to be as big of a boon as it has been in years past. It will still be when used car prices demand more of a premium. Like, let's be very yes. you know, realistic about that. But I don't think it's going to be as volatile as it was last year. Where we saw wholesale values were, were going up like, but it ended up going up like five, ten percent over the spring selling season. That won't happen again this year. I don't anticipate. I I agree. I don't. You know, as as income tax refunds go down, so goes the used car values or asking prices. Um, yeah, definitely. It, it is the spring selling season and tax return selling season are are um, it, it's a marriage. Okay, and. And some some years the marriage is better than other years. This is this is one of those years with with um, you know the, the spouses are bickering a little bit because the government's not refunding as much money. And and you got away with words, man. <laughs> I, I've got a I've got a fertile imagination. <laughs> you're funny, man. You're, uh, what you're can really I, funny. But, but you know it, it is. They're, they're, they are intertwined, okay? Spring selling season and tax season are intertwined. And if if the refunds aren't going to be as large, and if the government can't get them out as quickly as they used to, um, it's going to slow things down. It really is. And, yes, I wouldn't be surprised if there are some used car dealers out there that are going to be disappointed with how... Yeah the spring selling season and tax time uh, plays out this year. I don't think it'll be as robust as perhaps last year, and it won't be anywhere near as robust as they would like it to be. One more story on this topic before we switch gears to another story. I mean, we're seeing this manifest itself in headlines like this. Lithium Motors downplays $50 billion, with a B. Uh, $50 billion 2025 revenue target stresses earnings per share growth. Um, Lithium Motors CEO Brian DeBoer discusses auto groups wish to someday reach $2 in earnings per share per, or per share per billion dollars in revenue. You know, we're seeing a, a uh, throttling back of we're going to grow, we're going to grow, we're going to grow, we're going to sell as many cars as possible to being a bit more pragmatic about we're going to sell cars and we're going to try and make money when we sell cars which I think is some signaling, some like virtue signaling of like, we should be more pragmatic. We shouldn't just be trying to grow for the sake of growing. I'm pretty sure that's because they see the writing on the wall that we see as well. It's about to be a much harder operating environment for the industry, mm-hmm. which again ties back to that, the idea that it's, it's a buyer's market, not a seller's market. The one caveat there being interest rates if you're a finance yes. purchaser. But, but hey, man, we're doing work with Toyota now. They've got 4.9% financing, 4.99 on RAV4s, dad. Like, that's pretty doggone good, even if even if it was two years ago. You know, like it's they, they, the options are out there if you have credit. And when you say four point nine nine, you have to be in the top 
credit tier to qualify for the point the for the 4.99. It looks great. Um, you know, when they advertise that yeah. and when it's made available, whether or not you actually end up qualifying for it's another story. But even if you don't qualify for their best rate at 499, you might qualify at 599 or 699, but however they they spread it across the various uh, credit tiers. Uh, yeah. But that is certainly cheaper than the 9.68%. That is the national average for new car loan interest rates today. 100%. We're going to switch gears in just a second. But again, friendly reminder and a huge shout out to the Car Edge team. CarEdge.com. Go check it out. Got a new homepage today. We're promoting three Car Edge offers. You can skip the dealership and buy with Car Edge. The way that this works, folks, is fairly straightforward. Tell us what vehicle you're interested in. We have a whole new shopping platform that'll be out in a week or two. Eh, well, let's say two to three weeks. You'll be able to see what incentives you qualify for, subvented interest rates, um, all that fun stuff. It will be on the website. But until then, just tell us if you're interested in this Mazda CX-5. Click on the get offer at 1.9%. We have the RAV4s now, $1,000 below MSRP. The free shipping for that is really in the Southeast and in the Midwest. Um, if you're outside that area, we have to charge shipping until we build out the dealer network even further. And then we have those Chevy Trax deals where uh, you, know, you can be under $400 a month on that payment, both finance and lease. The dealerships that we're working with have a bunch of Chevy Trax who take advantage of that. And really the idea behind the service that we're creating with CarEdge.com is that you do not have to talk to the car dealer except for signing the e-sign at the end when you do identity verification. You work exclusively through us and we obviously have all the pre-negotiated pricing, no dealer add-ons, no markups, all that fun stuff. So please, please, please. And Aaron saying, Zach, I would like to buy a Tacoma from the dealership we work with. Who do I need to speak with at CarEdge? Aaron, you can email me directly, Zach, Z-A-C-H at caredge.com, C-A-R-E-D-G-E.com, or just go to the homepage, the website, tell us what car you're interested in, and our team will get in touch. One other comment here, Dad, and then we'll switch gears to other stories from Dan C. Now you are getting someplace. The dealer's mindset is still based on 2022 profit and sales. Some see the writing on the wall, but others are having a tough time changing their mindset. I think this sums it up really nicely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. May I say one thing? Go for it, Pops. About the team behind yes. the scenes that, that new homepage out effing standing i looks mean so that good, is, man oh my goodness gracious i don't know who on the team came up with that look but i absolutely love it i really do and i'm an old fart and if an old fart can look at that and get, get excited okay um Imagine what young people could do when they see that. <laughs> huge, huge shout out to David who designed that. And then James behind the scenes who programmed the whole thing. Thank you both. I uh, really appreciate your efforts. I feel incredibly grateful for everything that we do behind the scenes. And I'll also give a quick shout out actually to Justin. He compiled the top 10 best and worst car deals right now. The best and worst cars to buy right now. Awesome blog post that just went out on the newsletter. Really encourage folks to take a look at that. Can we jump to our favorite? Favorite segment of the show, Pops. Would that be really? You gotta be kidding me. All right. I hate to do it, but we're gonna jump right here. This one comes from Car Sales Guy over okay. on the Twitter sphere. 
Um, that car sales guy, he's a general manager of a Porsche dealership. He tweeted this just the other day and it, and it made me laugh a little and also yeah. feel quite sad. He said, our EV clients have reached peak charging network frustration. The amount of phone calls <laughs> we get because Electrify America crapped the bed deserves an award. Porsche actually ends up replying in this thread lower on below. I asked him how they're able to help because dad, I mean, what do you do if you're the dealer? And you yeah. sold someone an EV and they're calling you a week later because they can't charge it. I mean, that's an issue, man. Um, well, yeah, I would say because it's the whole concept behind uh, how an EV is going to operate is we have to charge the damn thing. Um, you know, and if Electrify America is uh, unable to, to, well, Electrify America, what the hell's the point? Um, so, yeah, it's it's an issue because... Let's face it, dealership personnel um, on the sales side, they want to sell you the car. They don't they don't want to yeah. have to service the car or try and figure out where you can get where you can charge the damn car. Um, so that you know that that's not the salesperson's strength. The the service department, you know, they want to service your car, but they don't want to have to figure out where you can plug it in to charge your damn car. Um so Could you imagine, are, Dad, like if you were still running a dealership and a phone call gets through to the general sales manager and it's, <laughs> hey, Ray, I bought this EV from you two weeks ago and I can't charge it. At, at like, like, I mean, because kudos to car sales guy. I, I've chatted with him before. He's a really, really nice guy. He yeah. literally is a general manager of a Porsche dealership. So he's selling a bunch of Taycans. And then he's got these customers who have bought a $120,000 luxury EV yeah. who can't charge it. Like... That's a that's a pickle, man. That's a conundrum because you don't want someone who just spent hundred plus thousand dollars to have a bad experience. Not that you want someone to spend that spent thirty thousand dollars to have a bad experience, but it's a huge burden that's it, being put it, on the dealer. Is, it is part of the growing pains of yeah, the that's right, well of, said of the shift to uh, the electrification of automotive, uh, and 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 perhaps just perhaps that that shift is slowing down to a degree. Because, you know, we, we say it often, the infrastructure has to catch up. Has to, actually, it has to get ahead, okay, so that we don't run into situations like this. Um, and try, because the land, you know, I don't know how many, how many chargers they have at the Porsche dealership, but it's not like you want to be inviting back every one of your, your EV owners to the dealership all the time to be charging there. Um, you know, because if, if like three or four show up at the same time, my guess is you only have one or two chargers. It can get ugly. You know, I, I am ever so glad that I don't run a dealership anymore. <laughs> yeah, man. It seems like it's a very challenging time right now. Inventory is growing. Interest rates are super high. You have these electric vehicles that customers are confused about. Your staff's confused about. It's it's challenging. But dad, that actually creates a huge opportunity for great deals. Yes. Another really, you got to be kidding me, is Toyota offering $40,000 discounts on yeah. the Mirai. Toyota's innovative yeah. Mirai might just be the best deal on the car market right now. But getting access to its hydrogen fuel keeps getting <laughs> harder. Yeah, love innovation, yeah. but I just find this one to be uh, yeah. yeah that, it was a myth, obviously. That that is that is really kind of funny. We're going to save you forty grand. The only problem is, is once that the the hydrogen fuel uh, tank empties, well, 
I hope you enjoyed your cork because there's yeah, no insane. place for it, you to, to fill it up again. It's crazy. Yeah, they give you $15,000 worth of complimentary fuel at the time of sale. It's like a one-way, it's a one-way plane <laughs> ticket, man. <laughs> like <laughs> we're going to give you $15,000 in hydrogen. Yeah. Let's read this yeah. all together. It's insane. The Mariah is only we, sold in we, California. Wait a second, Jack. We, yeah. Yeah. We we hope you enjoy the middle of the ocean when the plane runs out of fuel. I mean, that's yeah. what it is. Who we have no idea what where you're gonna be when it runs out, but we do hope that there's a motel and a restaurant for you at least. I mean, that's crazy. Exactly. No, this is wild, man. Like, let me let me read this. This is insane. Um, so this potentially forty thousand dollar cash incentive deal is limited to the twenty twenty-three model year Mirai limited models and includes zero percent financing for qualifying buyers all numerized include fifteen thousand dollars in complimentary fuel at the time of sale but buyers get up to six years to use the money where leases only get whichever comes first three years or fifteen thousand miles in free fuel so you're getting 40 grand interest rate you know zero percent financing fifteen thousand it's just hilarious uh, it, it is you know it is one of the great conundrums um of of producing manufacturing a vehicle uh that uses a particular particular fuel type that is uh, well not readily available so what do you do hey well maybe if we give you the damn car and we can get it off of our books and then you can hope and pray that someday somebody comes along and and, and builds enough of these hydrogen fuel stations for you it, it'll be a wonderful thing if not yeah. well wherever you run out of fuel you're hey you know, go buy a new house. <laughs> Insane, man. I mean, again, kudos to Toyota for trying to be innovative. I'm not trying to knock that yes. at all. But this is some of the downstream ramifications when, you know, some innovation doesn't actually take hold. It was probably the same thing when, like, you know, the, the Zune music player came out. Like, there were probably some funny stories back then, too, when the iPad, or excuse me, yes. iPod really took over and said a Zune. And we had a Zune, so, you know, I'm not, yeah. I'm not trying to throw shade. But it is super Microsoft, interesting, too. Microsoft. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. <sighs> Is there, are there what any time, other? Man. Really, you got to be kidding me, because I can think of one, um, and that's the new Santa Fe. Um, there's been a number of the new Santa Fe's that people have taken delivery of. That, uh, well, in some cases, with under thirty thousand, with under thirty miles, not thirty thousand, not thirty. Not 300, but 30, under 30 miles on them, the transmission needs to be replaced. There is, There appears to be some type of issue with the eight-speed automatic transmission. Um, what is it? Car Confections? Um, they, they bought one. Uh, their, their oh, trans, man. Yeah, their transmission went at 27 miles. Um, and... <laughs> uh, and, and and there's a couple others that I have seen um, where people just bought the vehicle, took delivery within a few days, had to take it back to the dealership because the transmission crapped itself, and they're waiting oh, for a new transmission. And and people are, um, you know, well, I I, I don't want a brand new car with 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 a transmission that re was replaced. Well. That's that's the reason why manufacturers offer a warranty. They hope that they wow. never have to use it, but when they do, they do. It's also this is a on the, the new Hyundai Santa Fe, Dad. Yes, the new Hyundai Santa Fe, the 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 Korean Defender. Um, 
as I like to refer to it. And and that offends people who actually own a Land Rover Defender because they, <laughs> it it doesn't really look like a Land Rover Defender. It's just boxy like a def- like the Land Rover Defender. Um, but but for people who are having this issue, may I suggest um, that in many cases you can probably work the Hyundai factory service rep for. I don't know, an extended warranty uh, along with having replaced your brand new transmission. Uh, You can probably work them for an extended warranty on your vehicle um, and maybe garner some other consideration if you have one that's only got a couple hundred miles on it and it's already uh, waiting on its transmission. That's, That's not good, man. And Hyundai obviously had the oil consumption issues or continues to have oil consumption issues with prior model year vehicles. So yeah, continues to paint the picture of what are, what are like the good, the good reliable Toyota, obviously Honda, Mazda, Subaru. And that's your list folks. Um, this, is why, <laughs> this is why getting a new car with a manufacturer warranty is not such a bad thing. And obviously yeah. extended warranties can make sense. Depends on if yes. you're paying an arm yeah. and a leg or not. Dad, I just want to remind everyone, I dropped in the chat earlier, Justin put a great blog post together, the top 10 best and worst cars to buy right now based on market days, supply, and OEM deals. For those of you that are unfamiliar, if you go to caredge.com, yes, we have the gorgeous looking new homepage, which we love. But if you come over here under resources, all our free stuff, of which there is plenty, the community forum is free, deal school is free. Dealer reviews, car dealer reviews that are crowdsourced by the Car Edge community, free, exclusive deals, free. Because if you buy something, then you know that, that's, yeah. that's the, the deal. The podcast, free, free guides. One of my favorites. We also have the cheat sheets, the strategy card, more data, the shop. That's where we got merch. But the free guides is what I'm going to click on. We just have, we'll have a YouTube video coming out on this probably next week about our spring 2024 car market update. There's all sorts of good data in there. And then the top 10 best and worst cars to buy right now, that article is right there. So please, please, please go avail yourselves of all of those resources. And then again, kudos to the team for the great looking homepage back on carage.com. And I can't wait. I need to show you actually after the show, maybe pops the new shopping experience that we got. We, um, we inked a pretty big deal um, this week and it's going to really power a lot of great things. And first responder, or the first response says, are you planning on getting a Nissan dealership in your network? Absolutely. Um, we're probably a couple of weeks away from being more, more aggressive and trying to sign dealers up um, because we have a bit of a playbook now that we can actually bring to them and say, hey, play by our rules and we can help you. We can help you sell cars. And we can help customers get a, um, uh, get a fair deal. Um, Pops, did you get a haircut? I did not, but, but, I believe I'm headed to Steve's Barbershop um, shortly after we close down the show today. And I know you're all out there going, how do you need a haircut for? <laughs> this this might not appear unwieldy to you, but it does to me. So it's, it's time to shorten it up just a tad and clean it up. Like, as I like to say, when I go in, Steve, it's, uh, I need to clean up on aisle six. So, you know, just, just let it get it cleaned up a little bit. That's all. Tune in tomorrow to see what my dad's haircut looks like. That's why I'll be showing up. I'll be very <laughs> curious. Thank you, Mark, for being here. Pops, thank you as always. Let's do it again tomorrow. Um, that's my plan. Tomorrow's Friday, is it not? It is indeed. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm looking forward to it. 
almost the end of an wait there is no end of my work week you have me working seven days a week oh my goodness gracious you but like yes it. i'm looking forward to it you like it i do i get a kick out of it all right we'll see y'all here back back here tomorrow absolutely thank you handsome